Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey guys, welcome back to another crazy episode on Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. Hope everyone is doing well. How's it going, Shay? I can't complain. Uh, got to spend most, basically most of the week with my fiance, so I'm super excited about that because we got to take off work for a week. So we've been doing some hanging out and going on date nights and stuff. So it's been good. How about you? That's good. I'm glad to hear y'all are enjoying this uh, well-deserved break. I am doing good. Of course, I had a, a good Christmas. I said that on Monday. My niece came in, so got to spend some time with her and got some magical time that we definitely won't forget. And today's episode is a special episode because you guys had the chance to vote on who you would like us to cover and the day is finally here where we get to share this crazy one with you. Everyone get ready and hold on tight because we're about to dive deep and head first into a case that still stands the tales of time. It still haunts the United States Americans and even the ones all the way out in Alaska. And still is talked about and as one of the most freakiest serial killers in the world. With that being said, have any guess as to who we're covering today? I'm going to say it has to do with cupcakes. Yes! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's the Butcher Baker, a.k.a. Robert Hansen. Let's go ahead and dive into this crazy series of events and murders. I got most of my information from Wikipedia and allthatsinteresting.com. Before you start, I just want to tell everyone that I don't think I've actually heard the whole story of this, so I'm going to be learning as you guys are learning. Oh, yay! We like to hear that. I actually heard this from another podcast maybe about a year ago, and it was super interesting, so I was like, maybe we should cover that one day. But on that... Um, on that episode they didn't really talk about Robert Hansen and his background and I know sometimes we don't like to cover that but I wanted to cover it today because it's kind of how he got his name and also you know for me it's interesting to know like whether or not a killer it came down to like their genes or if it's like something in their DNA or if something happened as a child that could trigger like nature versus nurture kind of thing exactly so let's go ahead and get started. Robert Hansen was born on February 15, 1939 in the great state of Iowa. His father was a Danish immigrant and his family owned and operated a bakery. His father was known to have been a strict discipl disciplinarian, which is someone who practices strict discipline and law, similar to somebody who maybe be like has joined the military. He was forced by his father at a young age to work long hours in the bakery. And even though he was born to write with his left hand, he was actually forced to learn and use his right hand, which resulted, people believe, to him developing a lifelong stutter. Robert spent most of his time alone. He was considered a loner who had bad acne 
a stutter which people made a lot of fun of him for in school. He didn't have many friends and the people he did spend time with were very hard on him and expected the best out of him at all times. He would try to ask girls out from time to time but every girl turned him down and made fun of them because he thought that he actually stood a chance with these girls. This really angered him and his anger turned into revenge. In 1957, he was 18 years old at this time. He enlisted himself into the military and aimed to leave everything behind. He became an assistant drill instructor in Pocahontas, Iowa and married a young woman while he was there in the summer of 1960. However, shortly after marrying her, he convinced a young bakery employee to help him burn down a school bus garage in retaliation because he felt mistreated by the community. In result, of course, he was caught and arrested, and his newlywed wife was like pretty much freaked out about what just happened, and she actually decided to divorce him. Finally. There's a wife who stands up for herself and says, yeah, yeah I'm not going to deal with this. Figure yes, it out yourself. As she should. As a strong woman should. Yes. He was given a three-year sentence, but managed to only serve 20 months and remarried another woman. Robert then decided he had enough with the inside of the USA. He literally hated the community. Like, the community he lived in. He hated the people. And so he was like, you know what? I'm moving. And he actually moved out all the way to Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. Over time, Robert began taking his inner rage out in a game of hunting. He enjoyed stalking and killing wild animals for sport. He was feeding something dark and evil inside of him. And soon enough, killing animals wasn't feeding that darkness enough. This is when he turned to something more sinister. It all began in the 1970s, and he would have been around the age of 30 by now. In December of 1971, Robert was arrested twice, once for abducting and attempting to rape an unidentified housewife, and then arrested again for raping an unidentified sex worker. This he is whenever they should be in prison for life. Yes, like he was already arrested in the state like inside the states and now twice again in Alaska. He pleaded no contest in the sexual assault with a deadly weapon against the housewife and the rape charge was dropped in exchange for a plea bargain. After the crimes, he only served six months total before being released back into the wild well he was released and had to stay at a halfway house and work a work release program so whenever he was finished later in 1976 he was arrested and charged with larceny after being caught trying to steal a chainsaw from a local hardware store he was then sentenced to five years and prison and had to undergo a psychiatric evaluation of bipolar disorder, which in that test, they were able to identify as him pretty much having it and it became back positive. 
and they decided to start treating him for it with medications. The Alaska Supreme Court decided to shorten his sentence and release him on time served because now he was being treated for this illness. He could and have an illness in prison. Yes, and like bipolar, do you really think that's going to make him like not do crime anymore? For real. And be treating him with bipolar medication, they thought he was going to be civilized, so they're like, okay, you served your time. And Especially they in the 70s? Yeah, no. No. So, but with that being said, take a guess. Do you think this actually helped his erotic urges? No. I'm going to say, heck no. No, no, it didn't. All the while, while he was being looked at for these specific crimes I literally just mentioned to you, he was actually really committing very serious crimes behind closed doors. Because he is to believe to have begun killing women in 1972. So how did he do it? Well, he would start off by prying an open area with sex workers and here he would pick one out, ask her for her services, and then she would go to get in his car, never to be seen again. After taking the sex worker back to his cabin by gunpoint, he would rape her, and after he was finished, he would fly her out to a secluded area in the Alaskan woods and begin the hunting game. With a Ruger Mini 14 or a knife, he would wait and time how long the woman had been running. Before he decided the time was up, he would begin chasing them through the woods and then eventually finding her and either shooting her or stabbing her, he killed her. And who were the victims? There are, as of today, at least 18 different identified women who were either found murdered or he admitted to killing, but some of those women's bodies actually were never discovered at the hands of Robert. So they are still missing persons today. Age ranging from 16 years old to 41 years old. Now brace yourself because we are about to go through his victims pretty quickly. And the reason why is because obviously I can't get into every single case, but I do want to cover these victims' names and what and a brief summary of like what happened um so yeah you just have to listen up guys yeah and and you know most of the the things are the same she it mostly it's him hunting them basically which is a freaking movie yep so and bear with me while i say some of these names celia van zanten age 17 at her time of death went missing on december 22nd 1971 and her body was discovered December 25th, so just three days later after she went missing. Robert denied killing her, but the police believe it to be him because an X marks the spot of where her body was found on his airplane's aviation device. Megan Emmerich, age 17, went missing July 7th, 1973. She was actually never found, but Robert also had an X on his aviation map for Megan as well. So police believe Megan is still out there somewhere in the Alaskan snow. Mary Phil, 22 years old, went missing on July 5th, 1975. Her body was also never discovered, but Robert has an X with her name on it on his airplane's aviation map. 
And Kalushka, sorry guys. It's okay. At Kalunta, aka Annie, was somewhere between the age of 16 and 25 years old. There's no date to when she went missing, but her body was found July 21st, 1980. And she had been stabbed repeatedly in the back as if someone was chasing her. And when she was found, you could tell that wild animals had gotten a hold of her. Joanna Messina, age 24, went missing May 19, 1980. Her body was found late July in 1980 and she was found decomposing in a gravel pit. Roxanne Eastland was aged 24. She went missing on June 28, 1980 and was later killed on that very same day. Robert actually confessed to killing her but her body was never recovered. Lisa Fertrell was 41 years old and went missing on September 6, 1980. Her body was found on May 9th, 1984, and she was decomposed just south of a Alaskan bridge. And I want to say real quick that where her body was found near this Alaskan bridge is where his cabin was located. Mm. Sherry Moreau, age 23, went missing on November 17th, 1981. Her body was discovered on September 12, 1982. Her body was found on a bank of a river, and she was announced dead from a gunshot wound to her back. However, there was no bullet wound in her clothing, which suggests that she was shot nude running, and then after she was killed, the killer dressed her. Andrea Altieri was 22 years old. She went missing December 22, 1981, and she was never found. Robert confessed to killing her, but Andrea's body has yet to be discovered. Sue Luna, aged 23 years old, went missing on May 26, 1982. Her body was found April 24, 1984. She was stripped nude and forced to run through the forest while Robert hunted her and shot her to death. Robin Pelkey, age 19, went missing and her body was found on, in April of 1984. Interesting enough, her ident identity was actually discovered this year, 2021, in October by a genealogy test. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Science, guys. I know, the development. So I'm sure her, her family was finally relieved to know that, you know, this was the her their family member that they had been missing. D. Lynn Frey was 20 years old. Her body was discovered on August 20th, 1985. She was actually found by a pilot testing new tires on his plane on his plane on the sandbar of the river. Paula Golding, age 21, went missing on April 25th, 1983. She was found on September 2nd, 1983. She was, like victim Sherry, shot in the back while running nude and then redressed after. Cindy Paulson, age 17, went missing on June 13th, 1983. She was kidnapped, 
tortured and then raped before she actually managed to escape the hands of Robert and she survived. What? Yes, this is what finally needed to happen in order for Robert to be caught, basically. There were four more known victims after Cindy. They were Malai, Teresa, Angela, and Tamara. Their bodies were all found in the same year as most of the others in 1984. Even with all of these women, Robert would be sentenced to a trial, but only be charged with the murders of Sherry, Joanna, Eklunta, aka Annie, and Paula. He was also charged with rape in the case of Cindy. Now, I want to go in detail with some of the females I just listed for you guys, because one woman is what it all took for this killing spree to unravel. For instance, Cindy Paulson, the 17-year-old girl who got away. Cindy told police officers that it all started when Robert decided to buy her time with $200 for her to perform oral sex. Cindy agreed to this deal and got into his car. As soon as she sat down and he began to drive off, he pulled a gun to her head and drove all the way to his home in Muldoon. Whenever they got there, Robert brought her down into this room where he raped and tortured her multiple times. Afterwards, he decided to chain her up by her neck to a beam post in his basement and then he would doze off to take a nap on a nearby couch. After he woke up, he put her in his car and then drove her to the local airport where his airplane was sitting ready to take the air. While on the way, he told Cindy that he intended to take her out to his cabin next to the river, just like all the other girls were killed at. Cindy was crouched in the back seat of his vehicle with her hands cupped in front of her whenever Robert was loading the cockpit of his airplane. She sat there in the vehicle all alone and saw a chance to finally make her escape. Cindy crawled into the front seat, opened the car door, and ran to the street nearest by called 6th Avenue. Whenever Robert saw that she had actually escaped, he panicked, and this is when he began to chase her down the road. As she's running, a driver decides to obviously drive by her, I guess, and he saw that she was in disarray and obviously like handcuffed, so he pulled over to the side and he told her to get in, and he let her in. He drove her to the Mosh Inn Hotel, which was pretty nearby, and this is when she jumped out of the, the vehicle and ran inside, still handcuffed, to the clerk and decided to say what exactly just happened and to call her boyfriend and the police and pretty much begged her to, to call both of these people using the hotel lobby telephone, literally still being handcuffed. And I went, I'm literally reiterating that because of what's going to happen. The police indeed reached Cindy, where she would tell the police what happened and gave them every detail they needed to know. So they drove out and began questioning Robert, but he had such a meek demeanor and an alibi from one of his good friends that he was actually let go as a possible suspect. 
<sighs> like, I literally cannot believe this. Like, like, did they really think that Cindy was making this up? Like, this poor girl was literally freaked out. She was tortured and raped. She almost died. He had a gun to her head. She was handcuffed still. And they literally think she made this up. But then they also are finding bodies in front of his cabin. So how is she making something up when it's just a coincidence that there's a dead woman in front of his home or his second home, I guess you'd say? So, yeah, so that's the point is they didn't know that was his cabin. They didn't know that he had a cabin out there in those woods. They were going to his home where he would initially take them to and keep oh. them in. And that's where they were questioning him. They didn't but whenever whenever stop. they would find the, the woman's body in the front, did they not think, hey, who lives right there? I don't know if it was exactly in the front, but it was somewhere along the bank of the river where that or that land where his cabin set. And I don't know okay. if his cabin was like deep in the woods. I'm assuming it is. But they were never able to like connect the dots at this time. Okay. Like this is so sad to me. Lead Detective Glenn Floth of the Alaska State Troopers was currently still uncovering several bodies along the river and forest near Robert's cabin in the woods. They still, like I said, they didn't have any clue who was doing it or didn't even think to link these cases together. Detective Glenn contacted the Federal Bureau of Investigators and asked them to complete an offender profile based on some of the bodies they had found so far. The federal investigator, which was named was Douglas, thought the killer would be someone quiet, someone with a hunting addiction, and that they would probably have a low self-esteem. He thought the killer would have been rejected by women in his past, almost to where he hated women. He would probably have souvenirs of his victims and suggested the killer may have a disability of some sort, which would suggest being rejected by women so many times, such as a stutter. Whenever Detective Glenn received this specific information, this is when he began to connect the dots. He began to realize that this criteria really fit Robert. For a real, literally to a T. Yes, finally, I'm saying. So, a search warrant was put into place for the police to search Robert's plane, his vehicles, his home, and the cabin in the woods because now they know he owns it. As the search began on October 27th, 1983, investigators would uncover several, several pieces of jewelry from the missing and deceased victims and an array of firearms hiding away in his home's attic. This is when they found all of the X's on his plane's aviator chart and after counting there were a total of 37 X's that marked a spot in the Alaskan wilderness. After uncovering all of this, they brought Robert in to be questioned where he would deny it until finally admitting and justifying it by saying that these women deserved it and blamed them for their own death. The women who helped lead to this discovery were sex workers, but not all of them actually 
like not all of his victims actually were sex workers. There were also innocent young women who he tortured, tortured, raped, and murdered. And this killing spree went on for nearly 12 years before he was ever even caught. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it literally begs the question for me, like had Cindy not escaped and got the balls really rolling, would he have been caught at 12 years? Would maybe would have been 15? Maybe he would have never been caught. It just raises so many questions for me. So what happens now after the police have the killer in their hands? Well, they arrested him right away and charged him with assault, kidnapping, possession of deadly weapons, theft, insurance fraud, and rape. Only after the ballistics test came back positive for a match on the firearms matching the bullets that were basically still in the women is when he decided to enter a plea bargain. He pleaded guilty in the four homicides or homicides so far that the police had found and additional details in the other victims not found yet in order to only receive a life sentence in federal prison and no publicity to the press. In the plea bargain, he was also mandated to tell police more about the X markings that were found on the aviation map. He also confirmed the police's theory on how he would get these women and what he would do to them. Robert, in the end, ended up showing the police seven, or I'm sorry, 17 different grave sites 12 which were unknown to the officers they didn't even know that these people were dead or even missing 12 of them that's insane yes there were a few which robert refused to give up which were obviously x's on the map and those are those few i mentioned earlier that are actually still missing and they haven't found them yet as for the others the police resumed their bodies from their shallow graves robert had given them Robert was sentenced by jury to 461 years of life in prison without the possibility of parole. He was first sent to a prison in Pennsylvania, but later um, transported back to federal prison in Alaska. Robert died on August 14, 2014, aged 75, in Anchorage, Alaska by natural causes by a declining health condition. But with that being said, that basically wraps up today's episode. What did you think, Shay? That's crazy. Is there a movie about this? Because this seems really familiar. It's yes. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. and also, I thought it was weird that both of our our killers were both both died in 2014. In this, movie. I was literally gonna say that. <laughs> I was literally gonna say that. <laughs> Buster, but- stop. Sorry, guys, <laughs> about Buster. He's acting a little crazy today. But, yeah, that's a crazy episode. I just, I can't believe he literally sat there and killed those women for 12 years. And the police had no idea. I know. It freaking is. And then not knowing about 12 of them. Yes. Like, and not only that, but there's only 17 or 18 known, like, deaths that they actually he either admitted to and can't find the bodies or they found the bodies to and collectively there's 18 different women but there's a total of 37 x's on his aviation map so is there really 18 or is there 37 
Yeah, but my my other thing is when I thought about that, whenever you mentioned that, I was like, I wonder if he was pre-planning like where his next person was going to be buried. Yes, that's a good that's a good theory. That like be- maybe there's X's with the names on it, but then what, there was also X's without names, and then maybe that was going to be his future buried places. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. That, I mean, a theory that is a possibility. Either way, I think this crazy this story is crazy. I think that the investigators that didn't believe Cindy when she escaped the hands of him and didn't listen and just, I mean, they listened to a point where they brought him in, but as soon as he just sounded like such a good guy, they're like, oh, he couldn't have done it. And they just let him go. That's... I'm like, but yes, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. There is movies. I think there's a TV series and there's a lot of books out that talk about this and other podcasts that talk about this case as well. But with that being said, we're pretty much done. Thank you guys for tuning into another voters episode. Be on the look for the poll on Facebook for January starting on the 1st. With that guys, we won't be back until the new year. Yes, Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. year. And um, we'll talk to you later. We'll Well, you know, we'll talk to you next year. We'll see you sometime next year. With that being said, we love you. And remember to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who may be lurking. Bye. Bye.